everyone, this is Kelsey. Just wanted to hop on here before the episode to say, as a reminder, at this point in time, Samantha and I hadn't read Iron Flame yet. So you'll notice that in a lot of the things that we say um, might be incorrect because we hadn't read the book yet. Hello, everyone. As Kelsey said, um, we spent way too much time talking about chapter one. There's just so much to set up and talk about in this one. So Without further ado, here is part two. We hope you enjoy it. Okay. Um, so then they pull away and they walk into the courtyard um, where everyone is waiting. Um, and it's mentioned that the riders have their own citadel that's kind of away from all the other quadrants. Violet notes here that they're pretentious, egotistical fucks. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. Like, they are pretty egotistical. Um, but I think it also just makes the most sense to keep the dragons as far away from the general population as possible. And they like, probably need the space. Let's minimize the damage that we do to, like, the infantry and the healers. Like, yeah. if at all possible. Well, and and like, then... They're huge. Oh, go ahead. I was yeah, just saying, exactly. the dragons are huge. They need the space. <laughs> Um, and then Mira gives gives uh, Violet my least least favorite oh, advice. Oh Lord, yeah. Find Dane Etos. Ugh. Blah. I hate Dane. I will note that I put up a um, a poll today on our Instagram stories, and I said, "Who here wants a redemption arc for Dane?" Yes, I want a redemption arc, or no, Dane is the literal scum of the earth. And I will point out that the only person who said they wanted a redemption arc is my sister. So I, I don't know what's wrong with her. Because <laughs> why is the question that I need to ask? So regarding Dane, his first name, I really couldn't find anything about that other than, like, someone from Denmark, which I don't think is the implied mm-hmm. meaning there. So I think I think she probably just liked the sound of it. But his last name, Atos, um, means eagle. More specifically, the eagle companion of Zeus, who is the god of thunder. Which is interesting because we know Violet's power later on down the line is lightning bearer. So, like, lightning thunder they go together. So maybe that is hinting at a redemption arc. He'll be a companion of hers. Ugh. Maybe, because also in mythology, that eagle, um, he assisted Zeus during when Zeus is killing all of the uh, the giants um, by putting mm. lightning bolts in Zeus's hands. So maybe that's gonna, that, that hints at a possible um, sacrifice on the part of Dane. Who knows? Um, as of the end of Fourth Wing, Samantha and I are not about that redemption arc. No. Not at all. Fuck him. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) But she does... (laughs) Violet does have a reaction. Like, her heart rate jumps. She says she misses him. Clearly, she likes him as more than a friend at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty self-evident. Um... Mira notes that he's he'll be a second year and he's already a squad leader. I don't think she says that, but it's unusual for second years to become squad leader. So he's clearly done very well. I mean, has he done very well or is it his connection to the Soaring Gals and his his father? Like, is there some nepotism going on there? Who knows? Or maybe it's to appease him for his power. Exactly. I, I Although, like, 
I will say that he is very capable. Obviously, he's a good rider and a good fighter. I just don't like it very much, so I don't want to give him props for literally anything. Blech. And this is where Mira gives another piece of advice. <laughs> like, don't mess around with second years. If you want to get laid, <laughs> screw around in your own year. Another piece of advice Violet does not take. And nope. honestly, good for her because yeah. obviously Zayden, obviously. He's he's fucking hot. <laughs> it is so true. Um, so we get a note here that each of Navarre's six provinces has sent this year's share candidates. Some volunteer, some are sentenced as punishment, as we mentioned before. Those who are the children of the separatists, obviously, mm-hmm. are made to go through the rider's quadrant, which is an interesting tidbit we'll talk more about mm-hmm. later on down the line. Um, and there's both a written and an agility test to get into the college. The riders, it's noted, they have to climb, unlike the other quadrants. It just puts them on, a, like, on quite literally a different level than yeah. everyone else. So the the imagery there is is interesting. Um, and we know that the parapet is a test for keeping your balance on the dragon. And also, obviously, it's testing your fear of heights. Like, you can't be afraid of heights and be a dragon rider. Mm. So Mira and Violet join the line waiting to sign in. And Mira says, don't let the wind sway your steps. Which, I mean, yeah, like, obviously. (laughs) Thank you, Captain Obvious. (laughs) Away! (laughs) <laughs> and then Violet says, maybe I should let the others go f- go first. And um, Mira here is very Hermione Granger. The longer you wait on those steps, the greater your fear has a chance to grow. It just reminded me of fear of a name only increases fear of the thing itself. True. However, if she let other people go first, then there wouldn't have been anyone behind her to... There would be no Jack. Throw her off. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe she wouldn't have distracted Dylan. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I know we're not there yet, but, like, if Jack wasn't behind her, like, scaring her forward, would she have finished? I don't know. I mean, all things happen for a reason, right? Yeah. So, the bell chimes again. It's 8 o'clock. And so, we we know that names have meaning and words have meaning, but numbers also have meaning. So, I looked up 8 o'clock, what that might potentially mean here. Hmm. And the meaning that I came up with was it means victory, prosperity, overcoming. Like, how perfect. Like, how perfect is that? Like, that's exactly what Violet's about to do. Also, that means Mira was yelling at her mother at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's too early for that. That's way too early for that noise. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So Mira gives Violet another piece of advice here. Don't seek friendships. Which, <laughs> so there's only two people ahead of Violet, woman with a full pack and high cheekbones, whose oval face reminds Violet of renderings of Amari, the queen of the gods. So the name Amari in Sanskrit means eternal or immortal, mm-hmm. while in Latin the verb Amari means to be loved. And hmm. then in Hebrew, in Hebrew it translates to promised by God. And in the Yoruba language, it means strength. So, all good very things. Very interesting. Yes, all good things. 
And then the second is a muscular blonde man who we know to be Dylan, R.I.P. Which I think he was the one mentioned beforehand where it says a woman sobs as her partner rips her away from yeah. a young man. Yeah, that's his not fiance. <laughs> I mean, or luckily, his mother, luck, one of the two. L- lucky for her, that's not her, her fiance. <laughs> Let's be real; she was wanted out of that relationship. <laughs> so um, Violet notices someone, and she says, "Is he?" And then Mira says, "A separatist kid." Yes. See that shimmering mark that starts on top of his wrist? It's a relic from the rebellion. So this is the first time we're getting a mention of relics. So we know that um, riders get relics from their dragons to as a symbol of honor and power. It's generally in the shape of the rider, of, no, of the dragon who gifted them. These separatist marks, though, were given by General Melgren's dragon um, when he mm-hmm. executed their parents. So he's punishing the kids to deter um, from them copying or following in their parents' footsteps. Which I also want to note when Mira recognizes that it's a separatist kid, her reaction is to curse. She doesn't feel sympathy or anything. She hates these kids. Yes, well, it is important to note that the first of the separatist kids entered the quadrant after Mira had left, I think. So she wouldn't have had to interact with them at all. And hasn't had to because they're still... the Zayden was in the first, like, group. So... Oh, was he? They're still, they're still like, making their way out. Yeah. Okay, I missed that. Because he, he was the oldest of them. Oh, that's right. And yep. so when... he They were the first ones to turn 20 and have to go. Although him and Mira might have overlapped a little bit. We don't know how long Mira's... Well, I guess she's 26. She's been out for a couple of years now. She's, she's been out for three years. Yeah, that's right. Never and Z- Zayden's in Zayden's in his third year now. So yeah, there's no overlap. No. Oh right. Okay. And then another piece of advice: stay the hell away from Zayden Ryerson. <laughs> 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 Which just is just so funny to me. I will note here that I looked at the name Zayden, even though it's uh, like it sounds relatively modern to me, it still has meaning: cleansing beam of light. Which is ironic, considering his power, which is yeah. like dark darkness. Um, if I may, if we go back a little bit, I did look up Melgren's name. Okay, yep. And Melgren's name is Swedish for middle branch. Which is kind okay. of funny, because that kind of implies he's a middleman. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I don't know if that means he's a middleman between the dragons and everyone else, or if he's just like, I'm not sure, but it's just interesting. Also, that we pronounce Aiden's last name differently. You say Rearson? I do say Rearson. I don't know what's the right one. I don't know either. So Mira does note that his father was the great betrayer. He led the rebellion. And then we get we learn that all of the children of the leaders were conscripted as punishment for their parents' crimes. Violet has a very strong reaction to just hearing his name. She hasn't yeah. even seen him yet. Yeah, the air rushes from my lungs. That name. Um, so, yes, they were conscripted. They never expected them to make it past the parapet, and then they figured the other cadets would kill them, but... Once they bonded to their own dragons, I guess it was kind of like, well, what can we do? <laughs> what can we do about it? Yep. 
And um, now Zayden is wing leader, which is, there's four wings. He's one of the leaders. So uh, Mira says, stay away from him. And Violet says, noted. (laughs) (laughs) So then they're called up to the roll table. And there's Captain Fitzgibbon's silver eyebrows rise over the weathered face of Violet Soringale. But I thought you were meant for the scribe quadrant. Mira says, General Sorengale chose otherwise. I thought this was interesting because this, this to me shows that General Sorengale like, didn't tell anybody that Violet was switching. Yeah, it's true. Like, this is a shock to everyone. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Maybe she was trying... She, she had to have done that on purpose. Maybe yeah. she didn't want to tip the scribes off. Maybe. I, I'm i not sure. And then he says, uh, another another jab to Violet here. Pity, you had so much promise. <laughs> like. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> sadness filled his eyes. Yeah, like, oh, she's, she's going to die. Ugh. So the rider behind the desk looks at Mira and says, they gave you the order of the Talon for taking out that battery behind enemy lines. So we're just learning more about how Mira is like an actually decorated war mm-hmm. hero. Which the person snickering behind them, we later learn is Jack. He apparently forgets later who her sister is. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Jack. Ass. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just kind of like here, even like he like respects Mira for what she's done because he stops laughing when that, you know, is mentioned. So Captain Fitzgibbons points them in the direction of the parapet. Mira says, don't die, Violet. I'd hate to be an only child. So, I mean, either she doesn't know Brennan's life, like, actually, or she's in on the lie. I don't think she knows. I don't think she knows either. Also, I feel like she means that to be funny because she's grinning. But it's kind of a shitty thing to say if you think about it. (laughs) Like, that was Violet's brother, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and so on the on the stairs going up, it's noted that there's no railing, so people can and have fallen to their deaths just walking up the stairs, which, honestly, yep. that would be me. That would be me. <laughs> and so here we get the first instance of Violet ignoring Mira's orders, and she quite, <laughs> quite, quite immediately makes two friends. 100%. <laughs> the first one is Rhiannon Matthias. So... Rhiannon here oh her name means great queen at least that's the meaning that I found I don't know if you found anything different yes it means queen it's also the name um comes from the name of an old Celtic goddess associated with fertility and horses so it's interesting because her name means great queen and wasn't she described as looking like the queen of the gods earlier yes so Um, and I will also know it's also in the Welsh legend as a beautiful, magical woman who rides a white horse. She was betrothed against her will, but cunningly broke that engagement off and married her true love instead. Hmm. Interesting. I like how we have Rhiannon and Matthias, like a beautiful, like poetic name. And then the blonde guy introduces himself. His name is just Dylan. <laughs> No offense to any Dylans out there. I just thought that was kind of it was kind of funny. Which her last name is um it's a form of Matthew, 
who was the apostle chosen to replace Judas. Oh, and Rhiannon is kind of going to replace Dane. Yep. Judas in my eyes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Violet um, talks to both of them. Everyone else is excited to be there. Uh, here, Violet says one of my favorite lines in the chapter when Rhiannon says, With a name like Sorengale, I bet you were the first to volunteer this year. And Violet says, I was more like voluntold. Yes. Which is funny, but it's also interesting to me because. She is not afraid to tell people that she does not want to be there. I would have kept that, I would have kept that a little, like, played that closer to the vest, like, kept that to myself so people can't use that against me, that that I'm, like, clearly not prepared. Also, I just like that the word voluntold is being used in print. (laughs) Yes, this goes back to the whole, this thing has been translated into the modern language, hence all the weird weird quote-unquote weird language that people like to complain about online yeah um i also want to note that there are 250 steps that they are climbing because they asked Mm -hmm. violet and of course she knows um so at least i want to and if anyone else wants to join me let's make that a goal on a stairmaster that's a lot of stairs i know that's why it's a goal (laughs) (laughs) um so we note here that riders get better perks than other officers, better pay, more leniency with uniform policy, and you can marry sooner than other quadrants mm-hmm. right after you finish, after the three years. It's because they tend to die sooner than other quadrants, and Violet says that she thinks it has something to do with wanting to continue bloodlines because most successful riders are legacies, which, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dylan says, I'm not dying. (laughs) Give it 10 minutes. (laughs) And then, uh, Jack continues to be a dick. Yeah. Even though he's struggling with the stairs too. This one here is a breeze away from the bottom of the ravine. Ugh. God. So we then see, um, Violet trade one of her boots with Rhiannon. Like, this is blatant disregard. Like, this is not an alliance. This is a friendship. Like, right off the bat. She's risking her own life to save this girl, the life of this girl who she doesn't even really know. Mm-hmm. And so they trade their boots just until they get to the other side. And then Jack shoves her lower back. And then she gets shoved onto the platform into the open air. And Violet was smart in that even though she's trading a boot, she trades her left one specifically because she has a dagger in her right one. Mm. So she is making sure that she is still armed, even while she's helping this other person. Yeah. We also learned that the parapet claims roughly 15% of the rider candidates. And so I think with just this information that we're getting, like two people fell off the stairs last year, there's 250 steps, 15% of um, the the candidates fall. Like Violet just knows statistics and knows information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every trial is designed to test a candidate's ability to ride. So like I was saying before, this is all about balance and having to stay on your dragon, which we learn later on in the book is like, the number one challenge for Violet. 
Like yep. she cannot stay she on. She cannot do it. <laughs> she cannot stay on her dragon. And then here we go. Boom. Yes. Boom. So there's three riders at the entrance. So one with ripped sleeves, another one who shaved all his hair, and then the third turns in her direction and Violet's heart simply stops. <laughs> uh, so she has an immediate visceral reaction to his appearance. The line yeah. of his jaw is strong and covered by warm, tawny skin and dark stubble. His eyes are the shade of gold-flecked onyx, which just, okay, just reading that right now, Samantha, just reminds me, his eyes are the color of, like, pickled toads or something like that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and um, he's the most exquisite man I've ever seen. And I just want to point out right here, we have some silver and gold imagery because Violet's hair itself is silver. Mm-hmm. And Zayden's eyes are gold flecked, mm-hmm. so another another um, tale of opposites attract. Mm-hmm. He's just he's <laughs> uh, tall, dark, and handsome, and she's short, white, and pretty. And by white, yeah, I mean the, like she's described as being extremely pale, like like quite literally as white as you can possibly be. <laughs> she she is more the absence of color than any color itself. Yes. Have you ever seen that picture where it's like, look at the, I don't mean to be in sense to any Irish people, you know what I'm talking about though. Yeah. yeah. Look at the Irish woman on the beach, not her, the other one. Yeah, yes, because I, I, basically I pretty much saw myself in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> so we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So. That's Violet. Ri- <laughs> Rhiannon says, you ready for the story, girl? And then Zayden's gaze just snaps yeah they both immediately get outed to each other as to who they are yeah his rebellion relic starts at his wrist and then goes all the way up to his neck stopping at his jawline that's huge uh and it's mentioned that he's over six foot four and so violet feels fragile like mira called her before and so zayden says you're general sorengale's youngest and Violet says, you're Fen Rierson, or Ryerson, however you want to say it. So, yeah. uh, Fen actually means peace. Hmm. And this Fen, Fen Rierson is the one who is late leading the Separatist Rebellion. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, so which, Zayden says, oh yeah, go ahead. I say, which, given what we see at the end of this book... Maybe he was looking for peace because he was just trying to fight off the venom, maybe. And that's what caused the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, who knows? So Zayden says, your mother captured my father and oversaw his execution. Mm. And Violet responds, your father killed my older brother. Seems like we're even. To which Zayden, Zayden replies, hardly. <laughs> so like he, he, he is clearly referencing the fact here that Brennan isn't dead. Yep. Like, he, he knows. Also, Violet's strength to just kind of fire back. Yeah, she's, she is afraid, but she just, yeah. Like, her thought is, wait, like, her. he has the only right to be hatred here. Or the, way, the yeah. right to hatred here. Yeah, so Violet, Violet literally asks him, are you going to kill me? And so he says, why would I waste my energy killing you when the parapet will do it for me? 
And this mm. is after this is after they hear a yell and they see Dylan, good good old Dylan, just slip and kind of fall. And you know, he dead. He did. He should have listened to his mother. He dead dead. And so that brings us to the end of the chapter here. And so we had we're gonna enter a segment here now where we're gonna call Real quick, thing. I'm so sorry. Yep. Just something else I wanna notice before we um leave this chapter. I think Zayden notes later that he is always watching Violet or like since the moment he saw her. He says I I've, uh, I've loved you longer than you could ever possibly know. I think it started here. Because I think it started before this. Before he Maybe when she her. fired back at him about Brennan. Yes. But I want to say I think especially here because she gets shocked and horrified by watching Dylan fall. And Zayden never takes his eyes from her. Watching silently with a look I can't interpret. And Zayden notices right away that they traded boots. Like, she traded boots with Rhiannon. Yeah. He knows, like, that level of detail. He knows that she is actually a good and decent person. Okay. And so, now that we're done with the chapter, we're going to enter a segment that we're going to be calling The Briefing. Um, And so, these are questions that we've got directly from members of our discord please join if you would like to um okay so uh marguerite says it was mentioned she was an instructor at basgath while her husband was a scribe while she was pregnant with violet what she we mean lilith yes what did she teach i want i want to think that she does something like the battle report like something like strategy wise because she seems to be very into that that's true. What do you think? No, yeah, I, I like that. Because we don't really hear much about, like, her physical prowess. Like, we know she's muscular, but we don't really know about her fighting abilities. No, although I suppose she could be really proficient at wielding her power, so she could have been the teacher of that. I don't Maybe, know. but, I mean, she's got to have a brain. She's married to a scribe. Yes, well, and the reason that I'm leaning towards something more to do with strategy is that map in her office. Mm-hmm. Like, she's clearly always thinking yeah. about that. Um, okay, so next question. Did her husband die before she became commanding general at Basgath, or was it part of the reason that elevated her to that status? Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder, why would it be part of the reason that elevated her to that status? Like, she had him killed? Because of what he knew? I think what got her elevated to that status was her role in putting down the rebellion. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, did her, like, did, did quote-unquote killing her husband have something to do with putting down the rebellion? But it wouldn't have, would it? Because he only died a year ago and the rebellion was, what, like, a while back. So, I don't know. I don't know about that one, but it's an interesting question. And what, next question... What exactly are her duties as commanding general of Basgiat? Well, uh, we know she does th- things like boring things like taxes and like numbers and all that. Because Violet mentions that mm-hmm. she has to like balance the budget. I just want to note, um, I, f- I found where that quote was from Lilith about the plan with the children. And it does mm. say that 
It's an official brief for King Tauri by General Lilla Sorengill. So she was already a general when the rebellion happened. Yes, but was she the commanding general at Bazgiath, or was she like a war general? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? At this point, I don't think we have enough information to say either way. No. So what do you think are her duties as the commanding general of Bazgiath? I think she's just like any um, chancellor you'd see of like a university just like overseeing the yeah. operations. Yeah, she's like a principal in a way, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like the students don't really interact with her too much, but she still has oversight on everything. Yeah, look here. Does she run the school or is she just an act like an acting principal that is controlled by their own government? It I mean, who knows? The the existence of the dagger that she had in her office, the one mm-hmm. that kills Venon, implies to me that she's more than just in control of the school. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know that we have enough information at this point in time to say definitively. Well, I mean, for all we know, Brennan sent her that dagger. Yeah, this could be true. Does she know that her son's alive? Like we were theorizing before, maybe she does. I think she does. Um, and another question. Why was Violet given six months of rider training? Seems like a sudden change. It had been over a year since her dad died, so why now? This is a good question. That's a very good question. Something must have happened. Like, Lilith must have gotten some kind of information that made Mm -hmm. her decide to to make the switch. What that was... Uh, but that was, uh, I'm not sure because you would have thought that literally as soon as her father died, her mom would have switched her over. Emily Isabel asked about the entrance exam. It could just be super basic stuff, but what's on it? How is it administered for people not at Bazgath like Violet? Most stuff like this, like an SAT or GRE are verbal math written ability type tests. Is it the same here? But that doesn't make much sense since there are other ways to go through it all, like the rebel children, for example. That's a good point. I think clearly doesn't matter. I don't even know if they would give the test to the rebel children since they are forced to go through the rider's quadrant. It kind of, I wonder, because they've mentioned that she has a speed and agility test. So, like, there's obviously some sort of physical aspect. Yeah, I kind of... I would kind of think that the college itself would send out, like, representatives to the different provinces, mm-hmm. and there would be, like, a test testing center. And I think that the written part of it would be on the Riders Codex. Like, I do not think the written exam would, for the Riders would be difficult at all. No. Because they don't need to. And I don't think they want them to be smart, honestly. No, because they don't want them to ask any questions. No. But, like, it kind of reminds me... I don't know if you had this in Canada, but, like, in, like, high school and stuff, we had, I think they call it, like, the president's test or whatever, where in, like, PE, you would do, like, certain tasks, and you're supposed to, like, try to do the best you can. It was recorded, um, like, mm-hmm. the V-sit and other things like that, or the mile, you know, stuff like that. We don't have to do any of that. Like, we don't even have, like, um, an SAT or anything like that, like, a standardized exam for universities. It's all just based on your grades like across your classes like there's nothing standardized oh that's nice <laughs> although i've heard theories that those are going away here less stressful i think well and because i don't know standardized testing like you can have brilliant people who just aren't good at tests yeah that like, happens a lot 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't know. But yeah, to me, it seems like um, the province would the province the school would just send out representatives mm-hmm. to the different provinces, and that's how they would administer it. Like, say there's a capital of each province, the people who want to enlist that year would have to travel to the capital, mm-hmm. take their exam, and then they like scouts. Yeah. But Explore like we said, in a way. <laughs> I I don't think the people who are conscripted, like the rebel children, have to do any of this. They don't get a choice. So, yeah. and the less prepared, I think, in the view of the college, the less prepared these rebel children are, the better. Yeah, they don't want they don't want them to survive, or at least in the view of General Melgren. Yeah, and the king certainly, and the king, which there's a king. Yes, we will learn more about him later, because I don't really remember him at this point. <laughs> I don't think we really see anything about him in this book. We see him We see him at the party. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, he was there at the party. Yeah. Um, and so that's all the questions that we had for chapter one. If you have questions that you would like us to ask, either join our Discord... Um, or you can send us questions on Instagram as well. We'll be talking about all of our social media later on. I say we'll be taking questions for each chapter. Um, mm-hmm. So please, you know, make sure you can get those in and we'll make sure we post before we record. So that way you can get those in. Yeah. Um, so now, Samantha, do you want to talk about what you're currently reading or watching or something that you've enjoyed doing these last couple weeks? So, I have been binging on Mac's Halloween Baking Championship. Oh! I went back to the beginning and have been watching it through, just binging it. Because it's a good background show, it's fun, it kind of fit the season. Um, Because we just had Halloween not too long ago, it was really cold here. Um, Mm -hmm. It snowed in Chicago. Oh yeah, there was a there was a ton of here, it's a ton of snow here in Saskatchewan. We're not used to that down here, so <laughs> I don't know if it normally snows on Halloween for you, but at least in Illinois, it does not. So... I think there's snow more often than not. Many Halloween costumes as a child were mm-hmm. ruined by having to wear my snowsuit underneath my costume. Yeah, I mean it usually was cold; like, you still had to like bundle up, but we never actually had snow. So, um, that happened. Um, Reading-wise, I just finished a book um, I mentioned last time. And then I will be starting soon, um, Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Mass. I have just been very busy and have not had a chance. And I've had it from the library for like a month and a half, two months now. So, I need to get going on that. (laughs) I probably want it back. And obviously the next read for both of us is Iron Flame. Yes. Yes. Like, in two days when we get it, that'll be Ooh. the, like, oof. I don't even know how so I'll sleep stoked. that night. I almost want to do, like, a live um, unboxing on Instagram or something. <gasps> yeah! <gasps> yes, because I should be getting both of them. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Um, is there any activity that you've enjoyed doing the last couple of weeks did you take your son out um trick-or-treating we did not because it was cold um mm. but they did a cute thing at his daycare where he still got to wear his costume and they had like a little parade where they all like went to all the different classrooms and they got to get candy 
Um, so he still kind of got like a trick or treating experience. It was just indoors. <laughs> cute. It was really cute. All the kids were in their costumes. It was it was pretty cute. And he's in the two year old room, so they're they're just adorable at that age. <laughs> oh, that's too cute. He was a vampire. Oh, and hey, that that ties into what I've been reading recently. Oh, really? What have you been reading? Um, the Serpent of and the Wings of night uh, by chris broadbent it's about vampires which i like because i feel like that's a genre i haven't really explored since i was in my like teens with like the house of night books and twilight and I was say twilight. Va- vampire diary <laughs> vampire diaries and all that so this is that but it's also kind of like think hunger games mm. with vampires interesting um so that's interesting I just started, well, okay, first of all, for what I've been watching, one, I binged all of Selling Sunset season seven in one day, <laughs> <laughs> and it was terrible, but also amazing. <laughs> um, and secondly, I just started watching this new show on Netflix called All the Light, I think it's called All the Light We Cannot See. Hmm. Um, what is that about? Tells a story of a young blind girl trying to su- survive Nazi-occupied France and an 18-year-old German soldier with an affinity for science and a pesky moral compass and a cursed jewel. Interesting. It's a four-part miniseries. I'm just about halfway through episode one, but I'm a sucker for really anything World War II. <laughs> Centered? Because I'm a huge history nerd. Like, I just recently took a trip to Paris that was literally all about history. Nice. I, I, I geeked out the entire time. It was a tour, and I could not have loved it more. So that was <laughs> great and then something i've been doing for the last couple weeks is um fantasizing about my christmas decorations because i cannot wait to put them up oh you're one of those (laughs) yeah i just i just need to wait for remembrance day to be over in canada and then that christmas tree is going right up (laughs) i at least make sure we wait until after thanksgiving in the states because here, see, Canada, Thanksgiving was October. Like, it's past. Yeah. The only, the next holiday is Remember State, which is similar to your Memorial Day. Right. Um, that's November 11th. That's our Veterans Day. So, once that's done, then it's full steam ahead. Christmas, baby. Although I will say that I was in Bath and Body Works the other day to smell all of their Christmas candles. <laughs> and this was on, like, the 2nd of november and they already had the christmas music playing so i feel so bad for the people that the people that work there because i bet you it's the same like 10 to 15 songs just on a loop for the next two months for them yeah we went to lowe's earlier today and they had like we could walk through like where they had their christmas trees already Mm. like the uh fake ones (sighs) my son loved it though it was funny i love christmas (laughs) i'm so excited Okay, so that wraps it up for us. So thank you so much to everyone for listening. Um, for Samantha and I watching our listen numbers just increase every day is like, honestly, it's a, it's kind of thrilling. Like it's every so time exciting. I go look at it and it goes up a little bit, we honestly have do like a little happy dance. So we really do. That is, that's so exciting to us. So thank you so much for listening. And so if you could please subscribe rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us 
We think we're on them all now, but if you have one that you don't see the Reader's Quadrant on, please let us know and we'll try and get on there as soon as possible. You can find our Instagram at Reader's Quadrant Podcast. Um, and then you can email us at readersquadpod at gmail.com. Uh, the links to this will be in the episode description. And please be sure to join our Discord. It's yes. if you don't if you don't know what Discord is, it's like an online chat room for people who have similar interests, although without the connot- negative connotations of an online chat room. It's, it's just, just fine. We can we discuss fourth wing, other books, other TV shows, just really anything we're excited about at the time. And so a link will be posted to our Discord on our Instagram. And, you, and if you can't find it, feel free to message us or email us and we will happily send that to you. Yes, it's just been great watching that community just grow and evolve and just become active. It's just, it's just so much fun to watch. I, I'm really enjoying it. It makes me so happy every day to log in there and see that people are actually talking to each other. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can accurately describe it. It's 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 amazing. We we love you all. We appreciate you all. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you again for listening. And remember, the right way isn't the only way. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music.